Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the queer improv show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And I'm super duper pumped about the guests that we have here tonight. Uh, we have Madison Malone Kircher. She, her pronouns. Hi, Madison. Hi, Dubs. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we all have multiple coming out stories. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we all would love to hear one of yours. Yeah. It's funny. I was thinking about this earlier, and I, I actually have a, a photo. It's, it's the first photo in my iPhone. Uh, because I think it dates to when I got an iPhone in college that sort of sparked me coming out. And it's me sitting on a couch with another woman from my college acapella group. Mm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, this group was basically, have you seen Pitch Perfect? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you're picturing <laughs> is like dial up the drama by a thousand. So, you know, mm. and I'm sitting on the couch and she is sitting with like her feet on a coffee table and I'm like lying like my head on her chest and she's showing me something on her phone. And this is not a position I wouldn't have sat, you know, with any other member of the group, but somebody snapped a photo of it and started passing it around, which sparked this like, oh, they're dating rumor, mm. <laughs> which immediately we vehemently denied because I'm straight. Mom, I'm totally straight. Uh, <laughs> is a friend and I'm, oh, actually should not say her name. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm straight. <laughs> um, but of course, when you're going through that, the only person you want to talk to and the only person who understands is the other person involved. Um, and so she and I got even closer as a result of that in one drunken Rocky Horror Picture Show night of making out later. Uh, I had sort of shoved a toe out of the closet. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> very, very <laughs> slowly. Yeah. Um, you know, and that we continued to see each other over the course of that semester. And, and I think for me, like when I think about coming out, you know, capital C, capital O, was that I went home over spring break, which is the Thanksgiving of the spring semester. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> right, exactly. I went home and I, I told both my parents, you know, I, I'm, I'm dating a woman. Um, comically enough, my car wouldn't start that spring break. And uh, my girlfriend's parents had picked her up. So I borrowed her Jeep to drive home. So oh, I just like rolled up in my girlfriend's Jeep. You know, hi, mom. I'm home. Beep, beep. By the way, <laughs> I'm dating a woman. I don't have a label for what I am yet. I am madly in love with her. And I'm never going to date anybody else. So you know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but that was the beginning. Wow. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, how did your parents react? Um, well, I am incredibly lucky in that I grew up in a very queer affirming household. Uh, I, I truly, we had a pride flag in the basement, but it was sort of a, it was an American, it had American flag stars on it. So I, I thought that's what the flag looked like <laughs> as a very oh, little kid. Awesome. I have an out gay uncle who, who came out, I believe in his early twenties to my very Roman Catholic grandparents who, who, you know, bless their hearts said, okay, what do you want for lunch? You still a good person? Mm, um, awesome. yeah, which rules, <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, there, that doesn't mean it's, it's, it's easy. You know, my mom's, f one of the first things I remember her saying was, oh, 
well, you know, you're just, you're not going to cut off all your hair, right? Oof, yeah. And I, at the time, well, I, I have it again, but I had very long blonde hair. Um, and I said, yeah, oh, mom, please. I love my hair. I would never do, you know, flash, 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 flash forward, flash forward, fast forward. Mm-hmm. Tickle the tongue. Um, you know, of course, I inevitably did go on to do that, you know, three, four years later. Um, but she took it pretty well. I think it was hard for her in that I... I didn't know who I was at that point. I knew that I was a woman dating another woman, but I didn't have a label and I didn't, I didn't necessarily want one at the time. Um, and I had no concept of fluidity at that point. So mm-hmm. my mom really wanted to be able to say like, you are X and I'm cool with X and I'll tell people in my book club that you are X. But I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, and as a result, it sort of, kept me quiet about it in a way. I think my mom, she's one of my best friends and she's very protective of me. And I think she didn't talk about me being queer because I hadn't yet said what that queerness was to her. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a big fear that I think she picked up on of that it had to be permanent. That if I said, okay, I'm a lesbian, and then someday I, you know, found myself wanting a partner who wasn't, uh, uh, you know, wouldn't make me a lesbian anymore. Then, oh, well, then I was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I just shouldn't say anything. Yeah. Um, and my dad, you know, same deal. Very, very cool. They, they both, they're, they're cool people. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Yeah, right. Thanks for being cool. Um, a couple of things that you just brought up are common themes that have been popping up in this season and last season. Um, one of, first one of which is uh, parents saying, you're not going to cut off all your hair, are you? <laughs> I feel like that's come up in multiple episodes, uh, like myself included. Um, I don't have an episode. I have all the episodes. <laughs> um, but it's just so interesting that like our parents hold on to those attributes about us and mm-hmm. they're so near and dear to them. And it's like, for me, like I remember <clears throat> I would like test, I'd be like, should I cut my hair short? And like my parents were like, hell no. And then even friends would be like, no, you have such great hair. And I was like, and so I never cut my hair mm-hmm. until finally I was like, I got to cut my hair. Actually, my friend Heather um, was like, listen, she and she had just cut her hair short. She's like, cut your hair short and people line up around the block wanting to date you. <laughs> and I was like, deal. And I cut it short the next day and that line never happened. But um, it definitely made it easier to date, though, in a way that makes me so frustrated. Hmm. Uh, it was it was so liberating to be able to walk into queer spaces and have this like immediate signifier on top of my head that said I belong here. Also, I want to take you home with me. Yeah. Um, repeatedly, not just tonight, because I'm particularly tipsy and I think it would be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's so um, that whole like notion of um, like like femme lesbians being mm-hmm. erased is like it's not fair like i i went one time went to a lipstick lesbian awareness party for like <laughs> it was like five five or six years ago in the lower east side and it was actually in that space where i realized that i was genderqueer because i was like i really don't belong okay. here um never identified as a lipstick lesbian by any <laughs> means but um but, but it's interesting too and and also um straight people can have short hair too right exactly yeah Yeah. but you know but like in our minds the like schema of queer people queer women uh short hair Mm -hmm. and like that's like an indicator of that for sure it also made it very very funny to be on dating apps as i grew my hair back out because i never had a photo of what my hair would actually show up 
looking like on any given date. Mm, <laughs> be like, mm. this photo's from four months ago. I don't look like that person anymore. Mm-hmm. Did Were there ever, um, like, experiences where when you would meet up with someone and they would call you out on that? No. And I think that's because I'm going on dates with queer people who are generally, I think, a little less less vain than I, you know, the, the straight dates I hear my, my friends going on. You know, it was sort of never a... Never a thing that was brought up. Mm. Or maybe it was in, in group texts with their friends after I left. You gotcha. Know? <laughs> That's fair. I, I went on a couple of dates where, um, like, I never put my height in, in hmm. my profile app, uh, da- uh, pro- uh, app profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and multiple times people have been like, you are way shorter than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> and was a deal breaker for them. And that, to me, uh, that felt really obviously bad. Because it's like, oh, I can't control that. And, right. Um, you know, we just made out for six hours, but now I'm too short for like other <laughs> things. I don't know. It, it, it didn't feel great. Oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never thought about height. Yeah. Still don't put, I mean, I'm not on the apps anymore, but um, <laughs> if I were to be, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't put, cause I, I don't know. Yeah. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, and then another, another thing that you brought up that is, uh, that keeps coming up is um, this, like the, importance of language and like trying to find yourself in a word and also like having parents like grasp onto those words Mm -hmm. too and it's just it's interesting it's like it's I don't know where I want to go with this but it's just I I feel that and also um you 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 said something about um you had no concept of fluidity none (laughs) and and I didn't either I feel like I grew up in a in a house and in a time where Everything was very binary. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like, regardless, like, not even just gender. But, like, everything was black or white, yes or no, and there was no gray or middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that really hindered my ability to think, like, outside of a binary in a lot of different ways. Yeah, it's funny. I wrote a piece for Vogue, the website, not the, not the print magazine, <laughs> for National Coming Out Day, where I talked about, um, because I'm a writer – the years in which I was still working things out and figuring things out, I would like write around my queerness, mm-hmm. you know, so I would write about my personal life or who I was dating and I would just sort of like never, ever give you the full details. And I was even, you know, afraid to use gender neutral pronouns because I thought, oh, that'll out me as being queer also. Mm-hmm. Um and just how badly I wanted the language to feel right and to fit and needing the time to sort of figure that out and and try it on. Yeah, and I think for you and and as a writer, and correct me if I'm wrong, like words have a lot of power, mm-hmm. and so I could imagine that like need to want to find something that really resonates with you. Yeah, exactly. And you want to get things right. You know, I, mm-hmm. I write a lot of stuff about silly things on the internet, and I I want to get that 110 percent right. So you can imagine <laughs> what's swirling inside your head when you're like, oh, and it's me we're talking about <laughs> now. Yeah. Wait, so you wrote a piece for National Coming Out Day, but you were swirling around not talking about? No. So the piece was, it came out in 2019, and it was sort of a a look back. I, like, went through, like, three or four pieces between, like, 2014 and 2019. I had written in, like, varying degrees of being, like, the person I'm dating. I tested a dating service, and all of the people they sent me back were women, which is what I prefer. Like, you know, sort of just Mm -hmm. getting to... Finally being able to be like, oh, you're gay. <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gay. <laughs> right. 
Uh, well, so you came out recently. Um, sort of. It's, I guess, what, what, no, it's 2020. We, we made it. We made, barely. <laughs> and um, did we? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, January, the longest month on record. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my sophomore year of college would have been 2013. Mm, so it okay. started coming out six years ago. Okay. But, oh, I thought you said uh, 2019. Or that's when you wrote this That's piece. when I wrote this piece for Vogue, oh, but it, I've been it. out for years. Got it, got it, got it. Cool. I was going to, like, throw you a party. Oh, I I still can throw you a party. My mother did offer to throw me a party. That's amazing. Yeah. It was kind of funny because, you know, it's it's sort of this thing where, like, even even great queer-affirming parents, like, get it wrong sometimes. And so when I – I didn't date anybody growing up and I didn't really have crushes on anybody – and, you know, when I did, it was like sort of shoehorned feelings towards men that I, for the most part, didn't actually feel unless you had really floppy hair. And then I was just sort of squinting and pretending. But mm-hmm. my my mom always said, you know, growing up, like, oh, like, if you're gay, you know, you get a party, right? Like, are you gay? Tell mm-hmm. me. It's fine if you're gay. Just tell me. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I never did get the party. Well, mom. <laughs> Is that where you like? I feel like we're talking so much about my mom yeah. and hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's cool that your mom said that because I wonder if she had kind of like an inkling of and was like setting up a space where you knew that you would feel okay to share that with her. Yeah, I that's that's what I think when we're when we're getting along well. Um, okay, <laughs> you know, obviously we you know nobody has a, a Gilmore Girls sitcom relationship with their parent in real life, right. so. You know, on the other days, it's how dare you? I didn't know I was queer, so you couldn't have known either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you remember the Gilmore Girls episode? Yes. Where, yeah. Just, yeah. yes. Yeah. Where, uh, it's actually, I think it's in the fir- one of the first couple of episodes where Lorelai gets mad at Rory for stretching out her sweater with her bigger mm-hmm. boobs. I just found that to be like such a, a, uh, an, a weird and also like funny and interesting, like, scene mm-hmm. i don't know why i don't know it just reminded me because that was one of the first times that they like butted heads yeah which is what made me think of that um i think that's the episode where they there's a set of twins marrying a set of twins at yes. the inn oh yeah mm-hmm. we yeah i have a dog named Copperboom, uh which is a deep cut from a gilmore girls episode the one where they drop rory off at yale this is not a reference normal people understand it confuses veterinarians and the elderly when they see this dog i did not pick the name Okay. Um, I thought you were going to say, uh, what's his name? What's the dog's name? Palenka. Yeah, Palenka. No, that would be the normal choice. Right, right. Wait, so what's the... So it's the episode where they drop Rory off at Yale, and Rory's sitting on the couch at the house, and Lorelai is upstairs, and Rory's packing, and she's sort of speaking a million words a minute, as mm. Amy Sherman Palladinos are wont to do, and she says, you know, when did I become a person with so many products? It used to be a touch of copper, boom, blah, 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 zip, bam, boom, out the door, and Lorelai comes down and says, all I heard was copper, and boom. And it becomes like a catchphrase for that one episode that they never return to again. Huh. Oi, with the poodles already. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I'm going to go home and, and hang out with my friends. I haven't, I like, Gilmore Girls is one of those that just like, I play always. Oh, same. Yeah. Um, but I've been watching How I Met Your Mother right now. But okay. I think I'm going to go back to Gilmore Girls now yeah. that we've been talking about it. Yeah. I do. I do Gilmore Girls and The West Wing. I was just thinking that I want to watch The West Wing. Have you never watched I've it? I've never watched it. It doesn't hold up great, but also it's delightful to see a world where, like, politicians do good things mm. and, like, people are morally correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe it'll be a nice, like, retreat. Yeah. Repre- reprieve. Um. Also, do your parents still have the pride flag? I think it's probably in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That's cool. 
We definitely didn't have that. <laughs> I mean, my parents were like open, but they weren't like explicit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so you mentioned you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, what kinds of you write for New York Magazine and Vulture? I do. Yeah. What kinds of pieces do you get to write about? I so I'm a staff writer and I cover culture, which means a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. which is very fun. So that can be books, television, movies, theater. Um, I'm trying to think what I'm working on right now. I'm writing a profile of a family of YouTubers that I spent some time with um, hanging out in their house and seeing how they make videos and in turn make a lot of money. Mm. Uh, Last week I spent several hours on the phone shutting the word vulva in a very open office talking to producers and cinematographers from the Goop Lab, which is the new (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow show. Okay. Which don't write off entirely, but has like a really excellent episode where they show a woman masturbating to orgasm in a way that was just beautifully done and like very much lacking for any sort of gaze. I was very impressed with that scene. So I called Mm. up everybody involved in it. Cool. Wow. Um, is that is it okay, true or false that there's a candle that smells like Gwenny's? True. They sell it inconclusive on whether or not it actually smells like Gwenny's vagina. Yeah. Vulva. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's interesting. That's an interesting <laughs> product to market, I think. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm not, not super, super. The thing about her I like most is that she and Meredith, or Meredith, Martha Stewart have like sort of a beef Really? Yeah, where they, they, like, drag each other, you know, subtly from time to time. So, like, somebody, Martha had a recipe for conscious uncoupling pie, Mm. uh, which is when Gwyneth and um, her ex-husband split up. They called it a conscious uncoupling. And then um, Gwyneth had a recipe for, I think, jailbird cake, which was, like, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I (laughs) like this, like, baked goods feud. (laughs) It's so, like... It's like I, the word that came to mind was ple- like pleasant. Yeah. Like a very pleasant feud. It, it sort of feels like, right, like it was like scripted by the writers of The Good Place. Oh, The Good Place. I haven't seen the finale. Okay, I won't. <laughs> um, but, oh, what a good show. I'm very behind. Where, how far back are you? Oh, I'm probably in season. How many seasons are there? Four. Four. I think I'm in season three. Okay. So you're not like that far back. No. Um, what a lovely show. Um, there's too much TV. There's too much good there's TV. <laughs> so much TV, um, which is a great segue into talking about the L word, Generation <laughs> Q. Ooh. Are you caught up with that? I am caught up. Because you wrote something. You wrote I about did, it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wrote a couple of things about it. Mm-hmm. I went to a, a watch party at a bar in Brooklyn. Which is actually by my apartment. Oh. But I never went to one of the parties, but I thought about it. I had fun. It was very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun because I had seen all the episodes in advance. I got screeners from Showtime. And so it was very fun to know what was coming and to be able to just sort of like perch myself in the back and wait and watch, you know, where I knew people would scream their heads off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it was the best space to watch it in. But it, it's funny. I actually watched the rest of the episodes in an apartment of a lesbian who I met through Instagram. Okay. <laughs> cool. And she and her wife hosted like anywhere from like 8 to 15 queer folks to come over every Sunday night and watch the L Word. So I made some friends. That's great. <laughs> while watching the L Word. Uh, all with varying degrees of uh, hatred for Tina. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you go every Sunday? I think we went pretty much every Sunday. That's lo- that's so lovely. Yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. I feel like I, I missed finding community during this new mm-hmm. reboot because I like... 
at midnight the show would come out and mm-hmm. so I could watch it when I woke up on right. Sunday morning and then I was like well I've already watched it I'm not gonna like leave my bed now on Sunday night to go somewhere else to do yeah. that <laughs> that was a delightful discovery because I think the first week I went we watched it as though it were appointment tv so we waited to watch it at 10 p.m mm-hmm. and then we discovered that oh we could do this at six and then go to bed <laughs> yeah that's beautiful um which is gay rights that is gay rights I agree did you watch the original series? I did watch the original series. Um, I've watched it several times. I, I started watching it in, in college as I was sort of coming out. And I remember watching the first episode and maybe a few more and being like, oh, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. I'm nothing like these people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in any way, I don't look like these people. I don't act like these people. I don't think I want to act like these people because a lot of them are like just terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then came back to it, uh, you know, a few years later when I was a little more a little more comfortable yeah. <laughs> with myself and watched it all in, you know, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those old people that watched it while I was on. Okay. Um, and it, I, I loved it. Even though I st- I didn't see myself reflected mm-hmm. in that in the cast anyway, and just like their trans characters were so problematic mm-hmm. then, and um, so I like I like the efforts that they're making with yeah. this new reboot. Absolutely, I mean that's that was the other piece I wrote about the original L word for me was that it was the first time I ever watched a TV show where. I didn't need to fast forward through any straight plot lines to find the like sprinkling of queer characters yeah. that maybe mainstream television would give me. Yeah. Um, the whole thing was essentially a, a, a YouTube supercut, the mm-hmm. gay supercut. Yeah. I never thought about that, but that's so true. I would do that too. I yeah. would like fast forward and rewind like the yeah. like little parts. Did uh, you might be too young, but maybe not the show Undressed? Nah. On, on MTV, and I don't even really remember the, like, real premise of it, but, I but like, <laughs> it, and Bobby, I'm going to bring you in on this, but, like, am I picturing this right, where it was, like, a house and you were, like, zooming into different rooms or something like that? So it was, like, an anthology, like, Black Mirror, where, okay. like, the episodes were, like, self-contained, so it was, like, a different few like soap opera stories like three per episode but like so many famous people i'm obsessed with undress and this is gonna be a whole other podcast okay <laughs> <laughs> i missed yeah. out apparently um god i wonder if you can be if it can i'm be sure it's on the internet somewhere <laughs> well, yeah but so that undressed was was really awesome i remember watching it in my my bedroom um and being terrified that my parents would hear it or walk in and having on the remote like I haven't thought about this in forever, but you know, there was like the previous button mm-hmm. where you could like flip between channels. Oh yeah. And then you'd have to put a third channel in between. Yeah. I was, I was like, I will, I gotta like be able to quickly get out of what I'm watching. <laughs> um, but yeah, the L word is like a super cut of like all the yeah. stuff. That's great. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character on the new? On the new? I, I mean, can it be one of the old characters? It can be whoever you I want. I just am such an Alice stan. Yeah. Alice is cool. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't really know who my favorite is. I was really, I think, the character who's grown on me the most, I will say, is I was really anti-Finley. Same. When the show began. And I have really warmed to Finley. Yeah. I agree. I. Why did you not like Finley in the beginning. Well, one, I just was really, that's the thing I think that they still could do better is there was no, like, the idea that Finley is butch representation for the queer community is just sort of 
comical. I was talking to a, a queer colleague who was like, well, yeah, she, she drinks almond milk out of the carton. That's how you know. She just like plucks it out of the fridge. Um, so that was frustrating. And I just, I, I felt that they were trying to foist this um, Shane-like, you know, personality upon Finley. And yeah. Finley was sort of lacking for this magnetism that Shane had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's the the one scene where she is like talking to Sophie and is like, I'm going to make a Sammy or like something <laughs> right. so stupid. And I was like, you're so annoying. <laughs> um, and so the reason why I don't why I didn't like Finley for a minute was because um, I just saw a lot of myself in her. OK. And like I just hated it reflected back to me in that way. Right. I kind of wonder now I'm thinking about it like, oh, she's she's like, you know, the epitome of like a, a very baby gay mm-hmm. <laughs> who as having, you know, we've all been them are yeah. <laughs> frustrating and special. Right. That is such a nice way to put it. Frustrating and special. Look, that is Finley. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, you know, I had a drinking problem and like remember that feeling of waking up the next morning and um like not remembering mm-hmm. and then just like feeling so shitty about what I'd done mm-hmm. and the people I've hurt and the stuff that I'd fucked up. Um, I really hated seeing that. Yeah. I was like that. And, and, and truly like I like this past, like maybe six or eight months, I was feeling myself like sl- slipping into a depression and, um, Slipping into, like, my old ways of coping, mm-hmm. which was drinking and not self-destructive, really, but a little bit, I mm-hmm. guess. And seeing her, seeing Finley have this conversation with Rebecca, who's the reverend. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rebecca just – it's Rebecca, right? Rachel? Rebecca? Rachel? Mm, mm. I think it's Re- – My it's girlfriend is Rebecca, so that's oh. – <laughs> um, Not ringing any bells? Okay, so it's maybe not Rebecca. Um, it's definitely an R for sure. Uh, it is Rebecca. Oh, oops. So whoops. Sorry, Rebecca. (laughs) Um, but she would like, she and Finley were having a conversation and said like, Rebecca said like, you have a lot of work to do and I don't know who hurt you. And just hearing that conversation was like all I needed. Mm Because I was like, oh, I've already done all the work. (laughs) I just needed... I just needed to hear it. And then right. I, this I, like, is not me yeah. <laughs> anymore or whatever, perhaps. Yeah. And so I like it kind of like shifted me and like kind of hoisted me out of this like depression that I was feeling, which I am like very grateful for and very shocked that the Elward Generation Q had that like huge, like a, a profound effect on me. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the Sophie Finley finale? <sighs> oh my gosh. I feel so annoyed that they left us hanging uh yeah i mean i i am glad i was glad watching it to know that it is getting a second season yes totally (laughs) um i think i'm here for it i found Mm, yeah sophie and danny to have so little chemistry or apparent interest in each other yeah (laughs) that it was nice to see a you know a pairing of two people who clearly have a lot of passion yeah well, and it was I was in it was interesting to me because it seemed like in the first like handful of episodes, Danny and Sophie seemed pretty cool, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, was like all of these issues, right? 
that it, there wasn't like a slow build, at least in my mind. It, it felt very sudden. Right. It felt very like a like a snap to go from being like this this healthy partnership where we spend time with each other and our friends, but like you're a core part of my life to like, I don't see you seven nights a week. I am working by. Don't talk to me by your grandma's right. hospital. I'm right. Like by. I'm not going to call you. Just, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I was talking to my colleague about it and he was like, because it, it also really frustrated me that like once um, – like the the campaign was over Mm -hmm. then like danny came like running back and was like let's get married and like sorry spoilers everyone yeah (laughs) just watch it um and he was like well that just proves that it was like circumstantial and i'm like yes and there will always be circumstances and if they can't figure out how to communicate during whatever the circumstance is then that doesn't feel good well and that's like such a classic tv trope too like something really, really bad happens and you were going to get married anyway, so let's just do it now. Why wait? Life's too short. You know, like, oh, that's doomed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Do you have any guesses of, like, what, who who uh, Sophie's going to pick? I I think Finley? I kind of think so, too. Yeah. I Frankly, I was very surprised that she didn't tell Danny. Mm-hmm. just outright that night when they were lying in bed and she's sobbing. Also, I it was bizarre to me that Danny, her loving partner of how many years, didn't like turn on the light, sit her up and say, hey. Why are you crying? Let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Let's lesbian process. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Finley. Yeah, I think Finley too. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, I, also, I never watched Easy, but I hear she's great in that yeah question mark yeah i well easy i turned into a queer supercut in that i have only watched the oh the the gay episodes great whatever i feel like whatever works for you yeah um so you wrote a piece on lauren Patton from jagged i did what a delight what she's the best human i don't know she keeps coming up in every episode i think (laughs) she's just the best um, Thank you for coming out. Brought to you by Lord Patton. Yeah. Um, so you saw the show. I did see the show. Thoughts? Um, it is about a lot of things. It is about a lot of things. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, it was sort of funny. I, I came home from it and I was at my girlfriend's apartment and her roommate was like, how was the show? And I was like, well, it's kind of about every social issue you could think of, right? Like every hot button issue right now. And I was like, pick one as like a gag. And she was like, okay, abortion. And I was like. Okay, that's the only one that's not in it. Try again. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I just, I came away from it really struck with, struck by Lauren, and I did not see her in Fun Home. But I, mm. after the show, ran into two friends who were like, "Oh no, where where Lauren stands, we came out to see her," um, and just how powerful her her performance of Alanis's songs was, and how how moved in a way that I didn't anticipate being walking into the Jagged Little Pill musical that mm-hmm. they they let a queer character let they give a queer character both of the 11 o'clock numbers mm-hmm. which was just wild to me you know hand in my pocket and then mm-hmm. obviously you ought to know yeah which is the big one and that I just found myself sitting with and thinking about after like oh we don't, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I we did a big year. You know, the decade ended, right? So all the content on our on Vulture for you know December was like very heavy on year end end of decade, and we did this big list of the decade in musical moments. And my editor had me write one about um, Ring of Keys, which is you know yeah. you know I know knowing not eyebrows raised <laughs> from Fun Home, but but in it I found myself 
listing like the few queer women on Broadway we've seen prior to Fun Home and also obviously prior to Jagged Little Pill and they're they're awful Mm. (laughs) you know they don't it's just poor representation they're or they're terrible people or they're you know just unrequited as hell (laughs) or they're um oh what's the one in Legally Blonde the like mean dyke quote-unquote I don't even know I never saw it oh really yeah okay yeah. Well, there's a like, there's there's a there's a queer woman in it who like her whole thing is that she's so angry, and the law professor is like, well, you'll never be able to like be a good lawyer if you know you're so angry all the time. <laughs> um, which is a very roundabout way <laughs> of saying all of this was rattling around in my brain as I was watching Lauren and Jagged Little Pill mm-hmm. as a as a queer character in a Broadway show. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I saw her. <coughs> Jinx. Um, I saw her in Fun Home, mm-hmm. and that's I actually met her because I tweeted at her. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, I didn't ask how you two became friends. Yeah, so I tweeted at her after I saw her, and I actually I asked her to do Thank You for Coming Out. And at the time, she was still identifying as an ally. So she was like, I... I don't know if this like matters, but I'm I'm not part of the queer community, and so in my mind I had to do this like math of okay, like she was interested in doing the show but was like an ally, mm-hmm. so I was like how do I, I can't not have this Broadway star be in my show, mm-hmm. so what do I do? So that's how ally shows were born for okay. Thank You for Coming Out, um, for Lauren, and then <laughs> <laughs> she knows that, um, and then and then. A year late, late, and then we be, became good friends from that, and then have just become whatever. But so then, like a year later, she like came back and did the show again, and came out, mm-hmm. and uh, which was very lovely. Um, but it's um, yeah, I loved seeing her in in Fun Home, and then I love again Jagged Little Pill because mm-hmm. um, it is so rare that you get to see a queer character that have so much power mm-hmm. and so much stage time, right? And it being shown in a positive way, and um, it's just, it's really special. Yeah, I just kept waiting for, like, a backup chorus or, like, other people to come out during You Ought to Know, and it it wasn't until it ended that I, you know, found myself saying, oh, no, they really just, they let her do the whole thing. Yeah, and it's a really, like, did your your house jump to the feet? Oh, yeah, 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 full full standing O, mid song, which I hadn't seen on Broadway in a while. I think the last time I saw that was I saw one of Cynthia Revo's final color purple shows mm-hmm. uh, which that just happened every song <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it's just there's it's really powerful in the way I think the way that she just like holds herself and delivers lines it's like I feel like any any person part of the LGBTQ community can see themselves mm-hmm. in her regardless of identity yeah I think and I think that's that's a like an ode love letter to Lauren of like you are doing something so special for the entire community mm-hmm. um, it's just really great yeah um, it's definitely the high point of the show for me and everyone who sees it <laughs> let's be yeah me too this little known high point the big number in the second act <laughs> right uh, this obscure piece <laughs> right um, so in the piece that you wrote uh, you you seem to have an affinity towards Connecticut Muffin oh so <laughs> I really it's funny my editor made me cut 98% of the things about Connecticut <laughs> muffin that we talked about. Well, because there's a there's a Connecticut muffin in in Bed-Stuy that I have 
been to on occasion, which is like pretty okay muffins, I suppose. And I don't know. I just always thought like what a silly name for a muffin shop in Brooklyn. I think there are a few of them. And then before the the interview, because they use Connecticut Muffin as a as a, a staging device to sort of place you in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was Googling because I was curious if Connecticut Muffin originated in Connecticut, which it did not. Interesting. Um, it originated in New York. And then I found this like times piece from like 1999. One of the founders of Connecticut Muffin was killed in a Connecticut Muffin. Um, Wait, sorry, say that again? One of the the people who founded Connecticut Muffin in in the 90s was then killed in Connecticut Muffin Oy. Uh, in a robbery gone extremely wrong. Right. So I, I now know I've said the phrase Connecticut Muffin more times than like any one person ever should. Wow. That is, this took a turn. I Yeah, it's dark. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, um, you just wanted a lighthearted muffin. Yeah, no, yeah. Muffin no. convo. I, listen, I asked. Um... Wow, I wonder. I wonder why they chose Connecticut Muffin. Yeah, out of, like, all of the things. I uh, Lauren told me it was a, a Diablo th- Diablo Cody. It was mm-hmm. her idea, so I I would have to call her up and uh, uh, weirdly don't have her numbers. So. <laughs> hmm. I bet we could find it. Yes, we. The magazine did a very lengthy profile of her not too long ago, but shockingly light on Connecticut Muffin content. Okay, interesting. But this seems like how we get at her. Yeah, I think <laughs> let's do it. Um, so I want to I want to jump back to Ring of Keys. Yeah. Um, moments, and I am curious what your Ring of Keys moment is. Hmm. It's funny because I I grew up knowing a lot of not a lot of but gay men were you know people I knew and they had jobs and lives and you know just were like such people that existed in real ways in my universe, but I. I I cannot think of a single like not a queer person who wasn't a man that I didn't that I knew growing up, um, and I I was in high school. I was a junior in high school, and my friend's mother ran the National Honor Society of the neighboring high school. Mm. And as the teacher in charge, she got to pick the annual field trip. So they would come to New York. They would see a Broadway show. They would you know roam the city for a weekend, and I got to go as like a guest of. <laughs> Uh, my friend's mom Um, my friend was obviously there also so we came to the city and it was just you know one of those like perfect days in the city where it's not too hot and things smell less bad than they (laughs) they usually do and Mm -hmm. we went to see hair and that was really cool and did a like a workshop with the cast of hair and that was even cooler yeah that's really cool (laughs) but what stuck out to me and sticks out to me still the most is that my friend's mother had a sister who lived in brooklyn who is queer Mm -hmm. i did not have a word for that at the time other than oh my god who is this person who just like hopped off a subway from brooklyn where's that should i go there there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, buzz cut, no bra, what I then would have referred to as a wife beat, which, you know, it was 2007, forgive me, it, you know, tank top, just so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and she then proceeded to guide us around. We went thrift shopping. And then I think we went to some place that serves only mac and cheese. It was just like, oh, this person knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is what adult life should be like. Yeah. And looking back on it, it's, oh, right. And also, she's queer. <laughs> That is such a Ring of Keys moment if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still keep in touch with this person? No, I've never spoken to her. I've never seen her again. I'm really not friends with the friend from high school. No, it was like a Mm. one-off. 
That's amazing. Did you did you think about her after that? Like, I mean, in any kind of way, like in a, that was intriguing or... Not really. I think it probably was, because I've thought about this a lot since Fun Home came out. There was a, a Ring of Keys episode on the Nancy podcast mm-hmm. where I was sort of thinking about, oh, well, what would mine be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the better story would be, it's funny, Beth Malone, who was in Fun Home mm-hmm. as as Big Allison, um, did a did a show at a tiny theater in my hometown when I was probably in middle school that I remember seeing um so I had like this reverse moment of being like oh (laughs) you had no memory of you as a kid but like then seeing her on stage in fun home wow as Alison Bechtel was sort of this this funny backwards way to do it that's really cool yeah I she was in the lobby after I think it was they were collecting for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS uh and I I saw you on a show in upstate New York and you saw that. No one saw that. How old were you? know, because I'm, I'm 28. So, and that was easily a decade ago. More than, God, more than that. Yeah. <laughs> I was young. Grr. There's a, a moment where I, I met Janine Garofalo and I feel like there are lots of movies I could have said that I loved her in, but the mm-hmm. one that I chose <laughs> was... Um, Bye Bye Love. Okay. Did you ever see that? I have not seen Bye Bye Do Love. Do you know Bye Bye Love? It's, I, I'm shocked that it, Bobby knows everything and Bobby <laughs> shook his head no. Um, it's a silly movie with like Paul Reiser and Randy Quaid and um, I think even like Rick Moranis is in it. <laughs> wow. And, and um, I think Rick Moranis, don't quote me on that, but, um, and they're all divorced. And so they're like, and there's like these like love things and Randy Quaid. Um, keeps going on these dates with Janine Garofalo and they're just like so awkward and she is so awkward and there's a scene where she has a hairball and she's just like hacking and it's so dumb but it's also hilarious so when I met her this was what you chose to bring up of her career (laughs) of her whole career I like went on American Summer like literally a million other things and I was like I loved you and bye bye love and her face was just like (laughs) No one has ever said that. <laughs> You're the only person ever. who's seen Bye Bye Love so. in the world. Um, it's funny you mention her. I, I watched the Super Bowl on Sunday. I say that like that's not a thing that a gajillion people do, but it was the first time I've ever watched a Super Bowl start to finish because my mm. friend decided she was going to get really into football and I should do it too. But there's a 49er whose last name is... Oh, oh something that's... It close. sounds like... So the entire... Yeah. It's Garoppolo. Anyway, the whole night we were like, you go, Janine. Yeah, Janine. There's Janine. Yeah. So we cheered for Janine all night long, yeah. <laughs> which helped, I think, in me getting me to watch an entire football game. That's really fair. I we I don't know that we cheered for Janine the whole time, but we all were like, Garoppolo, Janine Garoppolo, and then... I yeah, I just... I, I You know, I need, a, I need at least six bits to sustain me at any given time, so mm-hmm. that was one of them. Yeah. Um, I loved the um, John Krasinski, Rachel Dratch, uh, the Smart Park, mm-hmm. Smart Park. Uh, <laughs> that was a very good commercial. I really only watched it for the commercials and, and the halftime, halftime show. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Wait. So what you are? So you go? You see a lot of Broadway? I do. Um, I my I grew up in a. Small town in upstate New York that has a, a really excellent um, summer stock theater festival. Um, it's it, equity, and uh, my mom was very involved in that. So I grew up seeing a lot of theater, and you know, they my parents would bring us down to the city maybe once a year to see something, and that has been something I've kept up since moving here. And now, as a perk, I get to do it 
for quote unquote work. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it rules. That really rules. Do you get to go backstage after usually? Um, not really, but it is. It, it's sort of a wild thing that I, you know, I as it's like a theater kid's dream, right? To be able to see a show and then be like, okay, I'm going to email the PR person and ask to talk to X person in the cast, and they might probably will say yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I do. I do see a lot of theaters. The the short answer there. Yeah. What's your favorite? Is it even possible? Oh, to say oh, what don't make me do that. What about like? How about this season? This season, well, we just kicked off. I mean, I was last year. It's Tony's Hades Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so rode very hard for Hades Town mm-hmm. last year. Um, yeah, I think that was probably my my favorite musical of the season. Cool. I haven't seen it. I want to, <laughs> but it feels pretty hard to. Yeah, to I, do. I, yeah. My sister finally got to go see it with my mother and. Um, Eva Nobuzada, the woman who plays Eurydice, called out that night. So I think there's a return visit in our future. Mm. If you need a plus one, yeah. you know who to ask. Um, I'll send you and my sister. <laughs> great. Love it. Um, okay, so I don't want to do this, but I have to move us into our last yeah. section, which is the rapid fire. So um, I'm just going to list off things and just answer as quickly as possible. Sure. Things or questions, I should say. Um, pencil or Pen. Pen. Acting or singing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Neither. Great. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Meat or veggies? Well, um, vegetables. That's Bi- a lie. It's meat. That's it's meat. <laughs> uh-huh. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Yes. Train or plane? Train. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Night or day? Night. Favorite kitchen item or utensil? Ooh, stand mixer. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So how can our listeners um, find you on social media? How can we read your work? Oh, well, you can read my work at uh, New York Magazine and nymag.com and just search my name or on Twitter where I'm usually yelling about being gay, um, (laughs) among other things, but chiefly that at at numeral four EVR Malone. Uh, which is supposed to be a play on Forever Alone, but it, it never really lands. People mm. are just continually confused by it or, or type it in wrong, um, and that's the same on Instagram. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. Thank you for coming out. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.